This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Let's go to the McClarty Daniel hotline. We've got the voice of the Razorbacks, Chuck Barrett, with us as he's on his way to meet the team to fly to uh, Athens for tomorrow's big game against Georgia. Chuck, how's the road doing right now, man? It's uh, a little iffy today. Yeah, a little bit different, but uh, no, everything's fine. I think everything's fine. You know, just uh, watch out for the other guy, as they used to say. So, uh, yeah, everything uh, its going to be different. Arkansas is going to spend the week on the road. I guess at some point down there around Gainesville, it's going to be roughly 70 degrees from what the forecast says. And when we get back Saturday night, it'll be in the single digits. So uh, pack for everything. So that's the plan. I mean, this is this is a two-game road trip, not coming back to Fayetteville, right? Yeah, they're going to do this like the NBA guys do. When the game's over Wednesday night, uh, they're going to hop on a plane and fly down to Gainesville and We'll get there about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, and uh, that'll be just like the pros do it. So uh, that game won't start until 9 o'clock Eastern time there in Athens, so it's going to be a late night. Chuck, I kind of like that. You know, kind of focus up, kind of make it a business trip. Uh, You can concentrate on basketball. um, And and these two games, I I know it's kind of cliche, whatever you want to say, but, man, these two games are very important. Uh, I think you have to find a way to go one and one if, if you're trying to make it to, to the big dance. Well, it certainly would would be nice to do that because then you come back and you've got two games at home and you've got an opportunity maybe to you know right the ship so to speak if you're able to split and if you're able to win two games at home and I mean those are big ifs. Um, you know, at that point you've won three of four. And the Auburn games in the rearview mirror. Now, clearly, that is a best case scenario. And when you lose by 32 on your home floor, and you're about to play a team that has not lost on their home floor this year, um, you know, the idea that, you know, you're going to go down there and suddenly flip the switch and everything's going to be different, I think they're going to have to fight and claw. They're going to have to show some grit. And that's one of those words that maybe gets overused sometimes. Um, but there's more required to win a conference game um, than there is a non-conference game, even a non-conference game against a good team, you know? So um, we'll see if they're able to respond to that. I think they understand very clearly that it's a whole different deal when you get into conference play. If they didn't understand it, I think they do now. We, we kicked this around a little bit yesterday. It's like when you're struggling, you want to go to your identity. It's, you know, the idea that we talked in football season, mm-hmm. you know, what is this team going to do when they need to get four yards on third down? They were never quite sure. Um, what, what is it that this team does best? What do you think they can go to right now when they're at their lowest? Because you know, right now I think they're at their lowest, and it feels like they're searching for an identity. Well, they are. And I don't know the answer. I don't think they know the answer. Um, 
you know, it, it, it looked for a little while like on the offensive end, and I still think this is what, you know, they will hang their hat on ultimately is, I mean, they get to the free throw line. Uh, they make you foul them. Now, as we saw in that game the other day, uh, they may not be calling as many fouls on the rim or uh, at the rim on those dribble drives. They may call the fouls more on the drive than necessarily on the shot. And, you know, you've got to be able to play through all that. And I don't think that you know, they're happy with where they are right now in, uh, in that regard. Um, you know, frankly, I thought Auburn literally from the opening tip um, was the team that understood what was going to be required to win a conference game on the road. And Arkansas has got to display that on uh, Wednesday night. I don't know what their identity is on defense. Um, it looked like maybe for the first 10, 15 games that for the first, you know, eight or 10 games, 12 games that blocked shots, you know, might be, you know, one of the things that they were really good at. I mean, they, they, they're still okay in the NCAA numbers there. Um, but you know, when you get beat as much as they do off the dribble drive, you're going to have a few more chances for block shots. Um, and and even if you don't get it very often, your numbers are probably going to go up. So, um, that's a long way of saying I don't know. And, and, and moreover, I, I don't think there's a real good feel on the team right now. Um, so that's a, you know, that, that just makes it a difficult question to answer. Chuck, you know, this, this team is a veteran team uh, when, when you talk about experience, but I, I think you're seeing how hard it is for a group of guys to, to come in and gel and, and to be on the same page. Uh, they're, they're all qualified hoopers. I mean, they're all Division One talent. Uh, it, it just comes, and you, 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 I remember the the Miami Heat when LeBron James got down there with the Heat. They didn't win a championship that first year, and that's the best basketball player in the world. Him, him and D Wade. I, I think it's just it's just part of this this the way it is that the, you're you're trying to see this team come together, and it just hasn't happened yet. Oh, I think you're right. Um, you know, we see it up close because it's our team. Uh, I'm sure others probably see it in watching their teams too. I mean, it is, um, you know, it, it is much more of a process. And that's the thing that I, I, one of the reasons that, you know, just from a personal standpoint, I've not thrown in the towel yet because I do think there's talent there. And, you know, this year, well, let me put it this way. When people talk about, well, it's happened before, it generally happened right about now. You know, they'd breeze through their pre-conference, 11-2, and two, you know. Then they'd stumble a little bit out of the gate. And then they'd recover, and they'd get to the tournament, and they'd make a run. Um, the stumbles came earlier this year. And at least out of the gate in the first conference game, those stumbles continued. Um, so the numbers game becomes an issue um, for this team. But what I hope is that, rather than the middle of January or late January, what we saw last year, you know, maybe it's the first of February, maybe it's the first couple of weeks of February when this thing really comes together. But from a numbers game perspective, you know, you hope it's not too late then, um, or that, you, you know, you won the conference tournament, um, because, you know, this is going to be a team that, you know, minus a run, um, you know, they're going to, you know, they're probably going to be what, what's called a bubble team. And, um, you know, maybe that's what they aspire to right now, because obviously now they're on the outside looking in, but, 
there's a long way to go. But um, I don't think this team's good enough to even think in terms of we've got to split. I think they've got to think in terms of we need to go play a good half against Georgia and uh, then come back and try to play a good second half against Georgia, too. I, I just don't think they're in a spot right now where they can look very far ahead. I like how you put it. It's like forget about playing just well against Georgia. Just focus on those first 20 mm-hmm, minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Looking back at Georgia a little bit, and I mean, Mizzou isn't that great this year, but it's an impressive win to go into Mizzou in the first road game uh, of the year and first conference game, and they got a big lead early that kind of ground out the rest of the game. I know the seven-footer played well, but they hit like 12 or 13 three-pointers. So it looks to me, Chuck, like uh, Georgia's the kind of team that is a multifaceted team in terms of scoring. What else can you tell us about the Bulldogs? Well, they've been good at home. You know, under Mike White, they've been good at home. And, you know, Mike White's been one of those coaches over the years. He was this way at Florida. He'd get them into the NCAA tournament most of the time. Um, But they always kind of left you wanting a little bit more. Um, you know, since he's been at Georgia, it's not like there's been some, you know, dramatic turnaround. He's not a big media guy. He's not someone that's real glib and attracts a lot of attention to himself. He just kind of quietly goes about his business. But then you look up, they're 9-0 and at Stegman Coliseum this year, and during the time White's been there, they're 20-5 and at uh, their home arena. So, They've been hard to beat there. They've got deficiencies. Um, it's it's still not a. I mean, it's not a Final Four program. They're not going to win the SEC, I don't think. But they do protect their home floor pretty well. And I'm going to tell you, over the years, I've seen Arkansas play some lousy games in that building. Good teams play lousy games in that building. I've seen others play okay. Um, but you know, Georgia and Florida going to be back or are back in school now i guess georgia's back this week and um so you're going to have a student presence um and it's going to be a true road atmosphere these are going to be the first true road games they play now these guys have played road games before but um they were at other places yeah it was it was the other places uh where they where they did that and you know all these guys, I guess with the exception of L. Ellis, came from teams that, that won. You know, I mean, I look at Tremont Mark at Houston. They won a lot of games with him there. This is a guy that knows how to win basketball games. Memphis won games with Chandler Lawson there. Uh, you know, I mean, Caleb Battle won plenty of Debo, games. At, Debo's at won a lot of games. Debo's won a lot yeah. of games at Arkansas. It's, it's one of the things about this that's so so odd that you get a you get a bunch of players, even from other programs that were with winning programs. I guess it's just like it's like Mus said in the presser yesterday. You know, he wanted somebody pointed out. I think Georgia's picked last in the SEC, but they played really well to this point. It's like you don't know how these guys are going to fit together. It's almost impossible. Auburn to wasn't that. even ranked to start the season, right? They they yeah. looked like the the class of the SEC. Chuck chemistry, especially in this day and age, like the preseason stuff. I I don't know how anybody decides, you know, how they how they pick what a league is going to look like, especially in basketball now. You know, Musk, I thought made his most candid remarks about his team last night on his radio show when a listener, uh, uh, an audience member, asked him about the portal and recruiting and. He, he, he got off into, you know, what it was going to be about this coming year and what it was about last year and the year before. About two years ago, it was about defense. 
and they felt like they needed to be more offensive-oriented in the portal this past year. That's what they went after. And he says this coming class, it's going to be about toughness and grit, number one, that that's the number one test you have to pass. Um, so I think what we're seeing right now is, is an absence of the coach's personality on the floor. The most animated guy on the bench is the head coach. You know, from an outward appearance perspective, and I'm not saying he didn't go over the line every now and then, but from an outward appearance perspective, he's the most competitive guy over there. And um, I think a little bit more may be required in that area. But I, I just thought it was interesting to hear him say that. Um, and I thought, you know, again, it, it's as candid as he's been. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey & Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey & Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey & Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey & Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. College Football National Championship, Michigan 34, Washington 13. Uh, that, uh, did that play out uh, pretty much the way you thought? I thought Michigan would win by like six or seven, but that fourth quarter played out kind of the way that I thought it would. You know, I think we were all reminded that football is a game played by big guys. Big, fast guys. And if you're going to win a national championship, you got to have both. And, um, man, Michigan just overpowered them, manhandled them by the end. And give them credit. I mean, I, I, I really thought going into the game last night, regardless of what happens, Georgia beat either one of them. I really thought that. not really sure I think that quite so much today. I think it would be a good game. I'd like to see Michigan and Georgia play. I think that would be a great football game. Yeah, it's it's like when Sergio won at TPC for the first time. He said, I'd like to thank Tiger Woods for not showing up. It, it was kind of like, I, I, I'm with you, Chuck. Georgia, uh, man, that 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 was their, their best matchup that they didn't have to play. Now, I, I know we don't know a lot about what J- Jim Harbaugh thinks or what he's going to do. My opinion, Chuck, is you got to run it back. You, you got to stay at Michigan. You, you got to try to win enough. You, you, you run it back. What do you think he does? Do you think he's at Michigan or is he in the NFL next year? I think you can make a really good argument on both sides of this. There are already, I guess, five, four or five NFL jobs open, and they're probably going to be more than that. Um, and he's going to be the hottest commodity in coaching. Um, my guess would be that if he were to decide he would go to the NFL, I mean, what do you think, $15 million a year? Um, you know, he's going to command silly money. I mean, un- unbelievable money, unprecedented money. And even as big as Michigan is, I don't know that they can go that high. 
And I don't know what more he can do there. The NCAA is on him, um, and they're going to get him. You know, I mean, they've already suspended him a couple of times. Um, you know, I, I, I could see him going to the NFL. I, I could see that very easily. I, in fact, if I was a betting man, I would say he does go to the NFL. But, you know, the argument of, as you say, run it back. And if he stays in Michigan, I'm sure he'll sign the richest contract in the history of college sports in terms of football coaches. I have no doubt about that. Um, there will be guaranteed money like there's never been guaranteed money before. And he'll either continue to success or everybody will get fired from the president on down for giving him that deal. Um, he's in the catbird seat, man. I mean, he's in the catbird seat. The Harbaugh name's never been hotter, especially when his brother wins the Super Bowl here in about a month. Chuck, I was looking at the, the top ten for, for the teams to win it next year, and the top eight are either Big Ten or SEC. Is it really that's it? I mean, that you got to be a part of the Big Ten or the SEC moving forward? I don't see any other way. Now, you'll get into the playoff without being in those two leagues. So theoretically, I mean, yes, you've, you've, you've got a chance. But, you know, um, we saw again last night um, the difference in the best team in the Big Ten and the best team in any conference other than the SEC. Michigan and Alabama went toe-to-toe. I'm not sure Alabama's the best team in the SEC. Um, and I'm sure if Michigan and Georgia played, they would go toe-to-toe. But Michigan dominated Washington. Now, Alabama had some points where they got dominated too, but not the way Washington did. Um, There's a difference. I mean, you look at what happened to Texas. um, There's a difference. And so um, I do think as we move forward that when we get to the Final Four, I find it very, very difficult to believe that you're going to have very many non-SEC Big Ten teams in that Final Four. In fact, I would, I would not be surprised if we don't go years between that happening. I, I, I could see a four or five, even a six or seven-year run where the top four teams are just out of the SEC and the Big Ten. I'd thought about that a little too, and what, I mean, at least one of the things though that that I'd forgotten is that in the upcoming iteration of the playoff, the way that it's built, is the top four ranked conference champions who win the conference championship games get a bye. So, in that case, I mean, the Big Twelve champion, the ACC champion, are also going to get buys. So, I mean, that will help them out to a point. You still got to win games, but that that helps them out to a point. Um, and I still, well, it does, but that was just to get the thing passed. Yeah. Um, that'll change as we go along. All it's, all it's going to take one or two years when obviously inferior teams are seated higher and get buys over teams that are obviously better. Um, and they'll change that too. Ultimately. And I, and I do think it's the fair way. I think you got to take the 12 best team period. End of story. You know, one of the things, too, that would also happen, the way I understand it, I guess either Liberty or SMU would have been in the playoff this mm-hmm. year. You know, SMU lost to Boston College and Liberty got throttled by Oregon. Both really good teams, great seasons, but not among the 12 best teams in the country. I mean, come on. Um, and so uh, the 12-team 
playoff is very flawed, but it had to be flawed to get it passed. And TV will change it as they desire to change it uh, because this is their baby moving forward. No kidding. No kidding. Hey, uh, I think you already gave away your Super Bowl pick. You said uh, John Harbaugh is going to win <laughs> with the Ravens. I don't honestly. I mean, the way the way the rest of the AFC looks right now, I guess I could see Buffalo giving giving them a good game if they if they get that far. But I do think Baltimore is head and shoulders ahead of everybody else in the AFC. The NFC, I still I still think Dallas has a chance, Chuck. I think somebody's got to beat the Niners instead of Dallas, but I, I think that could happen. Oh, I think, well, I mean, look, I think the Cowboys knew six, eight games into the season, maybe after that first trip to San Francisco, that for them to get to the Super Bowl, they were going to have to be able to go back to San Francisco and win a game in all probability. That's a tall order. Um, But as we've seen the last two or three weeks of the football season, I mean, you know, things can change fairly quickly. You know, there were points this year in the NFC where, the 49ers were the clear pick. But that was after everybody thought the Eagles were the clear pick. And at the very least, the Eagles were going to win the East. And then something's going on there. Something's going on in the locker room. Sirianni's lost that team. I'm not saying permanently, but at least for now, um, he, I mean, they're, they're, they're in a bad spot. Um, but it looked like they were going to be the team. The Cowboys have had periods where they've looked really good. They're in a period right now where they look really good. What are these guys going to look like in three weeks? Um, I'll say this. I do think the Ravens are the favorite because of their defense. And I think the Niners are the favorite in the NFC because of their defense. But everybody's just one bad game away from the season being over when you get in the playoffs. And that includes the Ravens and the 49ers. If Purdy or Lamar have a bad game, all bets are off. Yeah, and and it's a war of attrition. You you know somebody could get banged up. Chuck, I don't I have no idea uh if it's a locker room thing or what, but Philly started the season 10 and 1, uh looking like the class of the league and then and then totally just limped in 1 and 5. Uh m- makes no sense. Uh, when you're when you're talking about a if if I was to say the Chiefs or the Browns to to beat the Ravens in the AFC, could, could which one would you would you think? Would you take the the veteran quarterback or would you take the better defense with Cleveland? I'd take Kansas City to win. Um, I, I I know Cleveland's had a great year. I'm not taking anything away from them, but there is something for having been there. Um, you know, it's it's we're also into the time of year when weather is always the wild card. Um, you know, what's the weather like that day? Particularly at, at you know, like for example, I, I guess the Chiefs this weekend. Uh, you know, the temperature, you know, during the game is going to be in the single digits. Um, there are always games in the playoffs where weather becomes a major factor, and. I suspect there will be a surprise or two in that regard. Um, you know, uh, the teams that play in the domes, um, they don't have to worry about it. Cowboys don't have to worry about it if they keep winning. And worst thing you have to worry about in uh, San Francisco's rain. But some of these places, you know, I think about the AFC sites, some of these places there's a potential for weather to be a factor. Yeah, Kansas City, Miami is one of them. They're they're going to be negative, absolutely negative temperature Saturday night 
in uh, in Kansas City. So uh, good luck with that, Miami. Uh, the Dolphins historically don't really play very well up north uh, in in weather like that, unless somebody makes us you know plows a bunch of snow for them and they kick a field goal because that's happened for them. <laughs> Chuck, appreciate. Well, I don't. Hey, I don't. I don't. I, I can't imagine. I don't know if Matt's played weather like that. I. I can't stand outside in weather like that, much less play a football game. So I don't know how either side is going to fare. Chuck, safe travels. Hopefully uh, hopefully bring back a couple wins on this road trip. Thanks for your time. All right, guys. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Thanks, Chuck. Let's go Hogs. Let's go basketball Hogs, man. Let's get a 2-0. We need a 2-0 road trip. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's time to talk with Alyssa Orange from Pig Trail Nation. Alyssa, how you doing today? Happy Tuesday. Thank you. Doing well. Trying to stay warm on this Tuesday. And so, uh, you know, kid, kids out of school, so you kind of got to juggle some things around, but uh, we're good. Can you play linebacker, Alyssa? There's a team that's playing <laughs> in Kansas City this Saturday. And I'd be worried if yeah. I was Miami just because of the weather, but I don't know if they've got any linebackers left. I know it's 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 tough. I think they just signed someone um, to their active roster. I, it, the name escapes me. I thought on Twitter briefly this morning when I was getting the kids ready. But um, no, I wish. And you know, I thought about going up to Kansas City for about mm, five seconds, and then looked at the weather. And here's the deal, guys: I'm a cold weather wimp, so I'll be watching at home in front of my fireplace. Alyssa, what what did you think of the game last night? Did it, it kind of go kind of what you thought? Um, Michigan was the better team last night. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing, because I, I, full disclosure, I was rooting for Washington. Uh, both my sister and my brother-in-law went, went to UW and continue to live in Seattle. So was rooting for them. Um, and I just didn't think, after watching Michael Penix against Texas, he wasn't as sharp as he was against the Longhorns as he was last night against um, uh, Michigan. And also having Dylan Johnson kind of being, you know, he's mm-hmm. going like 75%. He's not 100. So... I think those big factors really hurt Washington because they had opportunities to tie the game and they were driving and then they just stalled. And what you see from the physicality of Michigan that you just couldn't do it. So I think Michigan was the better team yesterday, last night, a hundred percent. I just really wish I could have seen Washington play a little bit more like they did against Texas. I think they could have won that game if they did. Just a reminder that you win at the line of scrimmage uh, quite often, mm-hmm. too. Michigan was the best line of scrimmage team all year long as yeah. far as blocking for their look at them. And the other aspect, too, of this, they did not need great games from J.J. McCarthy. Like, Washington had to get a great game from Michael Penix. Uh, mm-hmm. Alabama had to get a great game from Jalen Milrow. 
Uh, you know, Texas needs a great game from their quarterback. Michigan doesn't need that. You know, that kind of stands a little bit different from previous national champions, at least in recent memory. Yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, that just is kind of attributes to the fact that Michigan was just an all-around team. And they had weapons everywhere, and, and they knew exactly how to win, and they had the right recipe, and um, were really competitive. And, and, and hats off to them, and, and Jim Harbaugh finally winning a national title. Obviously, you know, the elephant in the room is all of the scandals that they had, but you got to commend the team who continue to show up every single week and just take care of business, regardless of all the outside noise. Um, you know, that's obviously the conversation to be had in the next couple weeks is what it you know, you, you have these, these investigations and your coach gets suspended twice and then you still win a national championship. How do people feel about it? Does Do people who aren't Michigan fans feel like that's tainted uh, by any means? And that's kind of the conversation I think people are going to have in the coming months. Whenever you talk about it, it's kind of like when you guys like to say that 2020 for the Dodgers has an asterisk by it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't cheat. It was short. It was COVID. But there's always going to be that conversation of, you know, how much is this a true title with everything else that was going on. Alyssa, NFL playoffs, they, they get going. If I yeah. gave you the field, uh, give me, give me just, give me one or two teams besides Baltimore or San Francisco that you think can, can win the Super Bowl. Like the Dolphins? I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, by the way, though, every time I see Devin A. Chan go out, on the field, I think of you, Matt, because how much you were all in on He's him. A stud. Yes, and every time I'm like, Matt was right, Matt was right. <laughs> so I just have to, I have to give you your props there. Um, let's see. You know, I, I, I hate to say it because I was born and raised a Dolphins fan, and I hate the Bills. But the way that Josh Allen is playing right now, if they stay out of, if he stays out of his own head and he plays the way he's capable of playing, I think the Bills have a chance. Um, on the other side, gosh, you know, I think everyone would love a Cinderella story, right? Like you would love for the Lions to go to the Super Bowl. I don't know if they will, but I think you can jump on that Cinderella bandwagon with the Lions and the NFC. My husband might get mad. He's a Cowboys fan. He would love that. But Cowboys got a, they got a, what do you think about Green Bay coming in? Do you give, give Green Bay any type of chance? Uh, I, I believe Jordan loves playing just about as good as any quarterback in the yeah. NFL the last five, six weeks. Yeah, there's always a chance. I don't know. But as much as they get criticized, the, the the Cowboys do for not playing well in the postseason. They've just played so well at home. And so that's a tough draw for the Packers, in my opinion. Uh, I, saw, I saw Alyssa at the women's basketball game a couple yeah, of times. It's good to see you. Yeah, it was great. She had Finn with her, and we saw each other before the game in the media area. We had just learned Talia Scott was unavailable. They had lost to Kentucky yeah. in the first game of the conference season and, and really struggled to score. We looked at each other like, man, I don't know how not, how great this is going to be. This might get ugly. Saw her at halftime when Arkansas was up by, I think, close to 20. We're like, I did not see that coming. They win by 40. Yep. That was, to me, one of the most I did not see that coming outcomes ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Um, but I think that you also look at someone, and I don't know, we were talking about this in the office, right? So first off, Carly Keats comes into the starting lineup and does exactly what they need her to do, scoring 16 points. She played all 40 minutes. Mike talked about afterwards how she had such great practices leading up to that game. And so, like, you don't know what Talia's status is going to be 
because of the back injury. Mike has said, you know, she could be fine tomorrow or, you know, it could just take a little bit. Um, so you have her, which is, which is nice. And I don't mean this in any way. And I, I'd love to get your opinion too, Phil, but sometimes it just appeared to me yesterday that Sam and Mac play so well together that you saw glimpses of an older Arkansas team without Talia Scott who could score, who could distribute the ball, who could just have a feel for each other on the court. And Sam and Mac, Mac was feeling it. She, I think she scored the first nine points of the game. Mm-hmm. And when she's on, and Mike talked about her needing to be more aggressive, when she is on, she's hard to stop. And I, I just felt like that team kind of looked like that team from last year that was playing so well together. And that's not saying that Talia Scott doesn't mean anything because she does, but it just felt like Sam and Mac were really playing together well with Talia out. Um, and everything was just working in their favor. Well, to me, it was also a reminder that, you know, the way that the first game in conference goes is not a bellwether at all. Really, I mean, the first two or three games in conference are not bellwethers. You got to find, you got to watch them play for the first, you know, seven to eight to nine. Uh, and yeah. I'm trying to take that same attitude over the to, to the men's team, obviously, <laughs> as, as we segue into that. But I'm just, you know, I was just, I don't, I didn't see it coming from, from, the, from the women's team, the way that they played against, against Georgia. And I, got, I guess I kind of have to expect or hope for one of those kind of performances this week because I'm not sure if I see it coming right now. Yeah, you know, here's the biggest difference I see with the women because um, people are about, well, you know, they, they lost to Kentucky the way that they did, then they beat the Georgia that the way that they did, like what's going on. And we know the way that this team is built, you know, the offense, it's built around offense, and they have to be able to score. And some nights, it's not falling. I don't care what you like, Georgia. Poor Georgia couldn't buy a bucket on Sunday. That's just somehow sometimes how the game goes. But that's not going to be that way all the time. With the men, though, it feels like an attitude thing. It feels like a it's not a tangible thing. Like you can't look at the stat sheet and say, okay, we weren't scoring today, but we know the scoring is going to be here because of X, Y, and Z. Like for the men, it feels like something on the inside internally. And I don't know how you fix that yet. Like, how do you turn that around when it's not something that you can fix on a practice court because they practice just fine. It's what the attitude is in these games. And I think that's the biggest concerning thing for me with this men's basketball team is how do you fix that attitude? I think that's very well said. Uh, I think that is very well said. Alyssa, we'll, we'll leave it there. Thanks for hopping on today. Uh, we won't have her next week because she'll be emceeing the uh, women's basketball luncheon. So a couple of the weeks, Alyssa, we'll uh, do it again, okay? Yeah, all right, guys. I appreciate you. Thank you, Alyssa. It's Alyssa Orange with us most Tuesdays. Uh, here on half. Do- Dolphins got a tough one, man. They they got to go to Kansas City. Cold. Um, They're you, like down to their fourth different group of linebackers right now. That's that's tough too when when you when you're depleted. Yeah, I'd say there's a chance that that could be the ugliest game of the weekend, especially considering like the hottest it's going to be, the warmest it's going to be on Saturday in Kansas City is maybe 21 degrees. It's going to get down to negative four on Saturday. Dolphins, seven o'clock. Seven, it's a night game, too. 
877-377-6963, the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Halftime will come right back after this. Hello, this is Kevin Cowan at KC Insurance, and I just wanted to tell you all about plans that we have for Arkansans. It's through the Affordable Care Act, formerly known as Obamacare. Most Arkansans can qualify for a plan for $10 a month premium or below. We are located at 912 Highway 6265 North in Harrison, Arkansas in the Ace Hardware Shopping Center. Give Ricky Cowan a call at 870-517-1207. Thank you. Life insurance. Why are you putting it off? Can't afford it? Too much hassle? Think you don't need it? There's lots of excuses for putting off life insurance. But if you weren't there, who would pay the mortgage and other bills? With Ethos, you could be covered in 10 minutes and boom, family protected. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at getethos.com. That's getethos.com. This is halftime. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Dave and his team have all your holiday drink options. That includes Fireball and Bailey's Chocolate, Jack Daniels Crown Salted Caramel, Winter Seasonal Beers, Eggnogs, and more. Come by Eastside Liquor, 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now back to the podcast. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Bill King with us here from Nashville Sports Radio, King of College Football Talk, Monday through Friday from 6 until 9. And uh, Bill, I guess today starts the non playing portion of the football season. So, what did you think about the last day of the playing portion? Physicality versus athletes, and not the. Uh... Washington doesn't have some physicality, but not built like Michigan, and not that Michigan doesn't have athletes. But it's this about your foundation. That was about the line of scrimmage. That was about the running game, 303 yards. And Michael Penix wasn't quite on. And some of that would go to Michigan, obviously, but clear definition in that ball game, guys. If you're Harbaugh, is, is he gone? Do you see any way that, that he stays there? Does, do, you, do you say, you know, let's run it back? No, I think he's gone. He's had a 10-year, $120 million contract sitting there that he could have signed. He's won a national championship. We can't do better than that. It's impossible to repeat, regardless of what Georgia has done. The roster turnover is going to be decent for them. They won't be – there'll be a couple of notches below probably next year. And he's got the whole mess that's been chasing it the entire time. I think this is a huge – Bleep you, I'm on top of the world. Hello, NFL, and now $16 million a year. Yeah, I mean, he was saying yesterday, can we just enjoy the moment? <laughs> Which I don't blame him, but that's not, how, that's not how it works in today's day and age of sports media. It's what's next for you, especially when you're a controversial figure like that. Uh, it's all no, we want you, after the, after the ultimate, we want you to be miserable. What are you going to do? 
Right, right. You think Sharon Moore would be the next head coach there? I mean, it's, the team seems to really it's love all him. The staff, yeah. You think yeah. you to keep the staff together? Is that that that's? I guess that was would would be what makes sense there. Sharon Moore did a good job. Now again, let's not confuse ourselves. Being the interim guy and doing a good job, give him credit, is not the same as being the permanent head coach. It's not. That that part's unclear, but but I do think he has momentum with the AD who's Ward Manual. Jesse Mentor is their defensive coordinator. Did a fantastic job. I don't know if you guys remember Rick Mentor, head coach at Cincinnati back about 15, 20 years ago. That's his dad. But Jesse is moving fast. I mean, up the board. Jesse was at Vanderbilt just three, two, three years ago. He was here. And he's a hot shot, but I don't think they're going to give it to him. I think on staff at Jerome Moore, if not, maybe a Jed Fish who's done an unbelievable job at Arizona, who spent a couple of years in 15 and 16 at Michigan, or Lance Liable. But I do think they're probably leaning in-house. We, uh, we, we talked a little bit about some of the portal, and I, I guess that's kind of where it's going. But, yeah. but Will Rogers being uh, or, uh, Washington's next quarterback, and then I think the biggest get is Ryan Day at, at Ohio State getting Junkins from, from Ole Miss. I mean, that's just a stellar get. Fabian Henderson was the number one running back, five-star running back about four years ago in the country out of Virginia. Quinchon Junkins was number 495 overall. Barely a three-star. Junkins is a better player. No question. They upgrade there. Now, Henderson could stay. I don't know if in this day and time he will or he could turn pro. And then, you, guys, when Ohio State trots back out, it's going to be Will Howard at quarterback and Quinchon Junkins at tailback. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, and we saw Will Rogers. I'd forgotten about this until one of our listeners texted in reminding us. We're talking, what does Washington look like uh-huh, next year? Uh-huh. They'll lose a bunch of guys to the – to the draft or to, to yeah. losing their eligibility, including Penix. But uh, Will Rogers, that's an interesting get there. You know, I mean, it, it didn't work without the air raid system. I don't think much worked at Mississippi State this last year. Um, I, he's a different kind of a quarterback, though, than Penix, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, but he's a very accomplished passing quarterback. Sure. And you're right, they'll have two super receivers gone. But they've recruited well. They've done pretty well in the portal, and they won't have the same record. They won't do as well next year, but they'll be a threat. They're so well coached, guys, and uh, that's that's a destination. He's got it rolling there right now. Who would have? Uh, do you think Texas could have put together a better game than Washington did? Or do you waste? Do you waste any time on that kind of stuff? Like we kicked around maybe for five minutes about how Georgia might have played against Michigan. But it's like, well, I mean, they didn't win the game that they had to win. And yeah, we, we've already done the whole who got left out, who shouldn't have been left out. We did that a month ago. Um, but it does feel to me like Georgia might have played a better game against them. I don't know. Maybe Texas. I don't know. Well, if you said today, let's play it four. Count of bluffs. The, the ultimate neutral field adopted on my show. And it was a fresh Michigan. They're not coming off a game last night. Georgia would win. I am convinced they would win that ball game. But that's not what we've been afforded here, and that's not the way to set up. Because Michigan and Georgia are, even though they're not geographically related, foundationally they're very similar in their style, in their approach, in the toughness aspect. And I think Georgia's got more dudes. 
I think Georgia would win that ball game, but that's not going to happen. College football's been changing, big big change next year with uh, you know teams shifting conferences. What what do you think? What what's your state on on college football right now? How healthy is college football going forward? It's financially healthy. Otherwise, it's a catastrophe. It's a colossal mess. This particular way of going about things cannot sustain without some type of implosion. I don't necessarily mean Pac-12 implosion. I just mean coaches can't do this much longer. It's, it's an untenable situation. I would say in the next year they're going to meet, and I'm, I'm not liking this, but they're going to meet. They're going to come up with some system that is not unlimited free agency and a revenue-sharing model, which is based on some of the TV revenue. That's probably where we're headed, guys, and I think we're heading there sooner than later. Hey, Harbaugh is a proponent of that system. He, he brought it up uh, in the press conference earlier <laughs> earlier last week. What did he say, like yeah. 10%, 15% take less? Keep in mind, though, this is a coach that uh, won't probably won't be around to do the taking less because he's about to take more in the NFL. True, and I, I do believe he's sincere there. He's, he's felt that way forever. I mean, before we had what they call full cost of attendance where they're going to pay players that way just eight, ten years ago. He's always been part of that, and I think he's sincere about it. You're right, he's not going to have to deal with it, and he's not going to have to worry about poaching or getting poached or re-recruiting your roster. He's gone. He'll have Either he'll have a GM or he'll be the GM head coach to do that. Bill, who who's going to be the quarterback of the Alabama Crimson Tide next year? Do you, do you think it's anybody other than Jalen Milrow? I think that in the perfect world, Dylan Lonergan, who's a freshman out of Georgia who gets rave reviews, takes that job over. You're not gonna you're not gonna put a better athlete. But you have a package for him though, right? Like cause it cause it seems like they want to go they, they want somebody Correct. else to step up and take that job. Lonergan is, is certainly much more accomplished as a thrower and uh I think they pretty much assessed during September, October, November that he was better than all the others. Eli Holstein, who's a true freshman out of Louisiana, we know has already hit the portal. He's already committed to Pitt. He's going to Pitt. He was a four-star, pretty big name, too. But Lonergan is the future. And then they have the California kid coming in who's a borderline five-star. They're well off there. In the perfect world, Milro gets beat out. I think, and, and he doesn't want to play another position, which is certainly his prerogative, but he doesn't have a future as a quarterback. That's the problem. be interesting because that portal window opens again after spring ball. When, oh, yeah, uh, and that could, that could be the case. And there are offenses in the college game that would love to have it, tons of them. So we're, uh, Hugh Freeze is going to be back to calling the plays for his offense in year two at Auburn. I know he called yeah. plays at Liberty, Ole Miss, and Arkansas State. Uh, so it usually works out well when he calls plays, though, right? He does that very well. He's an offensive coach. He's a quarterback guy, and he's a play caller guy. He, he, he 
calls all those mantles and he does them well. That will not be a problem. What do you think about Alabama and a defensive coordinator? Because uh, Kevin Steele retired. I know that couldn't have uh, come out of left field for Saban. Um, and they're looking for uh, looking for a DC, and and I wonder who's available out there right now. They'll find somebody good. Tavares Robinson, yeah, T. Rob Tavares Robinson on that staff has probably been co-coordinator this year, frankly, and I wouldn't be surprised if they handed it off to him. Interesting, interesting. You paying too much attention to basketball now that the conference play has started? No, I haven't. I, basketball, I get more and more separated every year from basketball. I used to love it. Almost 50-50 with college football. Now, that was about 25, 30 years ago. That's about when Arkansas was getting championship days and Ellen Richardson was picking. Actually, that was the mid-80s. But through the early 90s, I liked it. I don't adjust well to college basketball. It, it doesn't have really an identity. It's been destroyed by college football and I always say I'll, I'll grab it in March because March Madness is what it's all about, and that is fun. But frankly, guys, I have trouble with that. I don't even. The passion's not there. I like college baseball now way more than college basketball. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was going to say. It's all right because because in, in 38 days there's college baseball. Bill, love, appreciate your time, love man. That. Thanks and enjoy the Thank non-playing guys. portion. Appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. Bill King, Nashville Sports Radio. Council Bluffs, Iowa, the ultimate neutral site. You know, I I, th- I, I, I kind of think with, with him as far as Milrow being, I think Alabama wants another quarterback. They want somebody. Not that you go, won't have a package with them. Who, who's going to be uh, LSU's quarterback? That's that's another job up there that uh, they just had the Heisman Trophy winner, and he, he's going to the next level. Yeah, I know they've got Garrett Nussmeyer uh, available. Played well, but it's like well, he's already been beaten out by like two other quarterbacks in his time at LSU. Council Bluffs, Iowa, the ultimate neutral site in the country. If right you build across, it, they'll come. What, well, I guess so. Yeah. It's on the other side of the state from that. It's on the other side of the river from Omaha. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.